What's up, what's up, what's up, this your boy Ward. You know this is leader. You mean what the, I, I gotta get a war report now. This is the war report where I was gonna, listen. It's a lot going on, like always, right? So what we gonna do is we gonna get back to you and we gonna definitely talk about all this. We got the NBA draft work I'm gonna talk about. We're going to talk about Villanova. Villanova. We can break down the Jaleel Bathia interviews I had. We can talk about why Slater and Whitmore could be the two most explosive players in the Big East. I'm just listening. They look like they're ready. You know, so I'm going to go to one song I'm going to go to on break. We get back. It's Jay-Z, Marcy Me. Very good track. Um, when we come back from break, we'll talk more about Villanova and the draft. Lots of things. We get back on Follow the Leader. Bastard duckin' when old be buckin', chicken heads be cluckin', uh. Back when Ratchet was a Ratchet and the Vixen was a Vixen and Jim Master J was a lob, I was mixing, cooking, cooking in the kitchen back when Robin was a piston. Mike was losing to Isaiah, but he soon will get his six one. Gave birth to my verbal imagination. Assume a virtue if you have not. Or better yet, here's a verse from Hamlet. Lo, we know who we are, yeah, we know not what we may be. So maybe I'm the one, or maybe I'm crazy. I'm from Marcy Houses where the boys died by the thousand back when Pam was on Martin. Yeah, that's where it all started when Denzel was blotting carpet. I'll pack up. Nine millimeter when Slick Rick made Mona Lisa. When Lisa Bonet was Beyonce of a day, I had Diva Shaw. Think I just popped up in this bitch like a fetus. Nah, pregnant pause. Give you some second thoughts. It's room on the bandwagon, don't abort. Marcy Me. Marcy Me. And we are back. Follow the leader. Let's just talk some things. Big things we gonna talk about. One thing we saw the picture Jay Wright post with Brandon Slater, Cam Whitmore. Man, I mean, it just seems like Villanova loves to recruit those players, man. I just feel like um, if you look at Brandon Slater, let's just talk about this. Let's just get on the real identification of why Brandon Slater is their guy. And I think people forget. They definitely forget. One of the biggest things I'm talking about is the doubt of Brandon Slater. Like, it's kind of ridiculous, man. Like... I had a time when I was like pressuring him, like, yo, he got to do this. I just want, I just want at least four points off the bench because he was, he got a lot of time to develop. He did. Um, Villanova spent a lot of time developing Slater, even through mistakes. Sometimes he wouldn't shoot the ball, didn't, he wasn't accurate, didn't shoot the ball enough. We can go back. His his sophomore year. Sophomore year, he was not shooting good, but Slater got minutes. Okay, he got minutes to make up, to, 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 garner, to, to get those mistakes, to play. They, they believed in Slater from the door. It's like Antoine. Like, when they believe in you, when Jay Wright believes in you, he's going to give you all the time to do what you got to do. Excuse me for the interruption. When people like, when, when Villanova likes you, Villanova plays you. So we go here and we look at this the third season, you know. We got he only got like what about five more minutes, you know, average around seventeen minutes. 
he hit 50% from the field and 41% from three. He was shooting, you know, he shoot, shot kind of bad from, yeah, 60% from the free throw line. But there was, averaging 3.8 a game, shooting those shots, being efficient. The next year, he went up 88% from the free throw line. He shot 47.8, 33.7 from three. Those are not, like, bad numbers, 8.5 points. The thing was, when he started out, it was so much hype, hype from me. He's still an NBA prospect. Explosive, long, smarter. That's what happened. And he was starting. He showed y'all. If people watch, I don't. It's self-explanatory. You saw the great points of, of of Brandon Slater when he started out the season. He was hot. In the middle of the season, it got different. And toward the later of the season, he was a key factor in the tournament. Anybody not watching these tournament games? It's crazy. You're not watching these tournament games. You're not watching games where Brandon Slater actually was explosive and helped us win. We wouldn't have got to that point in, in, in the conference tournament or the postseason without Brandon Slater. The defense he plays, energy, shooting the ball. I don't even get what, if you look at the games they played, just at the end. Look at games they play. Look at the Big East Conference Tournament. I mean, he had games. This man, listen. He's five for five against St. John's from the free throw line. Okay, seven points. But he was an active, seven points, four rebounds, active player. Then you look at the games against UConn, where he had 15 points. Still hitting good from the free throw line, you know, hitting good from the three for six from the three point line. Then let's look at the Creighton game. Okay, different. We look at the different games. Because I'm trying to give y'all all a little rebound. He was 5.7 rebounds. He's still active. Against KU, he had 16. We could talk about what he didn't have against Michigan. We didn't have against Houston. We could talk about that. But when it came to Kansas and somebody had to step up, he stepped up. Four for seven from three. Five for 13. The thing is, you look at that game, look at the other games. He was only 0 for 4. He only got the ball four times. He didn't. I know he missed four three-point shots, but Slater should have been getting the ball more. Even against Michigan, same thing. Four attempts. He needs to get the ball more. Because you see what happens. 5 for 13. But he was 4 for 7 from 3. 2 for 2 from the free throw line. He had 8 rebounds. 3 assists. All around game. He needs the ball more. That's just what that is. You're not giving him the ball 4 times in a game. 5 times expecting to see the full Slater. No, you need to make, allow him to be that player. They got blew out that game. But imagine if you give... Uh, they didn't really worry about it because they won against Houston. They won against Michigan. That's why I didn't really worry about it. This year is different. Like, it's time with Samuels and Gillespie gone. Oh, you're going to see a lot more Slater getting the ball more. That 16 and 8 Slater, he has to be that Slater. You have to give him this. This is one of the guys besides uh, Daniels that has to get the ball. Dixon, Slater, and Daniels have to get the ball. Do we forget about Brandon Slater? Do we? Do we forget coming from Paul the Sixth, that legendary program? He was one of the top 50 recruits in the nation. He was rated as a small forward. Before, he was rated as a shooting guard, though. And he was a high-level guy. He could have been definitely one of – listen, he was almost near five stars. One of the best small forwards in basketball, one of the best players in the country. We forget about that. Now, Cam Whitmore, what are we talking about? I could talk a lot about Cam Whitmore, but I want to say is this. Cam Whitmore, I, I did something up there, a post that was about the best, the most talented. And it was Tim Thomas, Cam Whitmore, and Howard Porter Jr. Now, I, let me tell you something. All right. Let's break this down. Let's break this down a little bit. Can, can we break this down? 
Villanova fans, can I break this down for you? Howard Porter Jr., for those who don't know who Howard Porter Jr. is, was, listen, we're talking about one of the most talented. You got to do your homework. People, you know, I, I wasn't clearly, that wasn't my era. But any players that's out, if you a real analyst, you can't forget about the older. You have to do your homework or you're not even talking about nothing. Like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Howard Porter played three seasons. He played three seasons. Okay? He averaged 22-8-14-9, which is 22.8 points, 14.9 rebounds. This was before Raleigh's time. I mean, this was not before, but I mean, not before Raleigh's time. This is his time. We talking about before, you've had the Josh Hart's, you had the Doug West, you had the Tim Thomas. This was like, because people got to realize, evolution is evolution. But you, I hate the, the, the analysts going on and just, just strictly dissing, like they like when Stephen A and them, oh, why you want to talk about the Bob Cousies and that? Bro, how did evolution happen? How did it, okay, we got evolution, but all of y'all ain't as good. All y'all ain't all-stars who evolved. So some guys, everybody back there who wasn't in that time, I hate when people say, well, the competition they played against. The competition they played against, they dominated. The competition they played against, they was it still don't change. They was an evolved talent. Because everybody didn't score what Wilt Chamberlain scored. Not even close. There were a lot of guys who played back then. <laughs> who was close to Wilt Chamberlain's numbers? There was a lot of guys who was close to athletic ability and the dominance of Wills. Nobody was close to 100 points. Nobody did the stuff he did at center, being a center, leading the league in assists. So y'all got to stop that. Guys are phenomenal. If no matter who they play against, everybody didn't play like them. Just like I say about steroids, man. Everybody who took steroids didn't, didn't have great seasons. Everybody who took steroids wasn't Hall of Famers. They got to stop making it a knock just because it was a rule that y'all was against. It don't knock the athlete. So let's go back to this. 22-8-14-9. That was Howard Porter. Three seasons. That's what he averaged for three seasons. And the crazy part, if you really want to talk about, I mean, he was such a dominant player. The things he did, you used to see him on film like this dude could dominate his first year. He averaged 22-4, 14-5. His second year was 22-2, 15-4. His third year was 23-5, 14-8. We're talking about talented. Talk, think about in high school. This is in high school coming out how the type of talent he was. It talks about him. And he comes to Villanova. You look at these guys. You just the way this man played basketball. This is one of the guys, my, the reason why I went so hard into him to find out about him, because my pop talked about him all the time, all the time, all the time. So I'm like, who is this guy? Yeah. I started learning about Paul Arizon and guys like that, Pannone and, you know, Doug West. And there's guys I learned. some guys I don't know about. Let me know. I look them up, look at them, you know. Know if you really heard their name enough. Also, you got to look at credibility. When people say people's names, you got to. Some guys you don't you don't hear about enough. Porter, that's another guy. I mean, I could say all I want, but that's also put there on the criteria of judging athletes. How 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 known are they? You know, I, I seen a lot of names. I see people bring up names on my Twitter. Okay, well, who's these guys? And I go look. Don't if I don't know them, I go look. I definitely knew who Doug West was. When, he, when I saw Villanova and he was drafted, like I knew him in the NBA before Villanova. I never saw any clips until when I looked up his profile, me playing basketball on video games, the youngin, Doug West, Villanova, just like Howie Long. I looked up both of them. I knew them both in the NFL and in the NBA first. And then I looked up their film, looked up their accomplishments. I mean, what can you say? You just got to know when things are put on record, you can't take it. Anyhow, Porter, number three, no question. Now, Cam Whitmore, look what, listen, Cam Whitmore was not where he was at 
starting out on the recruiting list. They didn't put him as the, one of the top ten guys. He earned that position. Kay Cunningham started out low and came up to, you know, he wasn't where he was at, you know, but Cam Whitmore really, really worked. I mean, he just was impacting every game. Cam on Team USA, what did he do? Become the MVP, win the gold medal. Like crazy. Coming off the bench to score 19 points with the Nike and the Nike Hoop Summit. Like 19 points, eight rebounds, five assists in the McDonald's All American game. Like, what can you say about Cam Whitmore? He's, he's impressing every time he steps on the floor. Averaging 20 and 10, you know what he really compares me to? But it seems like he's a better offensive and all-around talent. Sean Marion. Sean Marion and Vince Carter is the best combined, is the best comparison for Cam Whitmore. Combined. His energy level, how he rebounds, you know, without moving without the ball, it's Sean Marion. But offensively, his offensive repertoire, you know, his offensive moves, his athletic ability is Vince Carter. This guy gonna come in his first year. And then you look at Tim Thomas. It's another guy we gotta we gotta talk about Tim Thomas. Got to talk about Tim Thomas. Seeing where Cam Whitmore also is ranked at eleventh in, in two four seven, fourteenth nationally. Where he came up, everybody says, oh, well, Jalen Brunson and this and that, they were rate more. So you go to ESPN, the guys, high school, let me tell you something. Let, let's let's clear this up. Let's clear this up about ranking. Everybody, it's on three. All these guys, whoever does ESPN, usually ESPN is ESPN and then, you know, two, but 247 is over ESPN. 247 is over everybody. I'm just trying to, I love rivals. Yes, you you take all their, their analysts seriously. You take their judgment seriously. You take them giving stuff. You take on three seriously. These guys are great. They're good analysts. But the main men are, no question. People probably because ESPN's name, they look at it. Oh, ESPN, da-da-da, Okay, I understand. But they're not over 247 sports. Let's just get this clear. 247 puts in the work, has put in the work, is is the work. Don't, don't come to me with ESPN and say, well, I looked at them. Well, you ain't look at 247 first. You're not looking at the guys who put in work 24-7. ESPN has different avenues. They have so many. They're more into, you know what you look at ESPN for? When guys are in the pros, and that, that's, that's the more serious outlook of that. But, yes, I the way they're rating, you look at that. That's great to look at. ESPN is part of that. They are a part of that. But they are not who you looking at. If you're talking about number one, I I'm, I'm just want to say that. I just want to know you do not look at the, the, the judgment of ESPN and say, oh, no, we're not going to look at that. Yeah, you look at that. But after you get finished looking at ESPN, Rivals and On3, Go on around to the big house and look at 247. And that's who you, if you're going to look at somebody number one, you're going to look at that. Oh, yeah, Rivals had that. Well, they had this, but who? 247. <laughs> look what 247 got. There's no way you go to ESPN and just say, oh, look where they at. Look where they were at. No. Because they don't even have a composite. You know, 247 on three has a consensus. They don't even have a composite, man. 247 invented the composite that, that rates everybody's ratings together. They actually thought about everybody else. <laughs> That's If you want to know what composite is, anybody, composite is when they rate everything together. The rivals. And I don't even know if they put on three on there, but ESPN, rivals, 247 rankings together is composite. Now, I don't know what on three is. On three probably will be 247 rivals and espn and 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 it gotta be if you're talking about a consensus you gotta do that you know 
Okay, now, Cam Whitmore. Let's just go back. Now, it's just, it's, these guys have been hyped. Cam Whitmore is now, I remember when I said it, I said Cam Whitmore will be a top five prospect. And, and sure enough, everybody now is looking at Cam Whitmore as a top five prospect. And, and the NBA draft, 2023 NBA draft, he is out of here. He is, wherever he falls, he's not going to go nowhere lower than top 10. So, just like Michael Bridges, here we go. He said Michael Bridges played a little bit more before he got to a, you know, top 10 status. He played, a, put his work in. He had to get some years in. Ken Whitmore is that, then, then Tim Thomas. We talk about, we talk about Tim. Why is Tim number one? Let's talk about Tim Thomas. This was a once-in-a-lifetime player, if y'all don't understand. Villanova fans, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you fans that go against Tim Thomas? You are completely losing your mind. That's why opinions are so dangerous to give people. Some people don't deserve opinions. They don't. Tim Thomas. Tim Thomas, his first year, averaged over 30 minutes a game, played 32 games, 45% from the field, 33% from three-pointer. Yep, he shot over four three-pointers before you start judging. Oh, how many did he? He attempted over four three-pointers, almost hit two a game. Shooting 79% from free throw line. 1.8 steals. A block a game. Two assists. Six rebounds before I get to the 16.9 points. His freshman season. 6'10", 230 could do it all. He was number two in the nation. Number two. When's the last time? Listen, we played a lot of games for a lot of athletes. Tried to get Cam Reddish, okay? Tried to get Cam. Cam Reddish is one of the top. Listen, DJ Wagner, look what just happened. We know it already went to the left. They see the Louisville and they see the Kentucky and Villanova drops out. They're not even messing with it, man. They know it's too hype. That's too hype, too high of a, of a recruiting battle. They back out. Justin Edwards. Justin Edwards. Kentucky was his favorite, but he was high on Villanova. That was definitely a, more than DJ Wagner. Way more than DJ Wagner. They dropped out early. You know, they tried to go in early. You know, they had the connections. It didn't work. They, they wasn't doing that. Same thing they did with Jalen Green. They did it with DJ Wagner. I know this because I was deep into those recruitments. I talked to the parents of, I talked to Marcus Green for a long time. His mom, Bree, his aunt. I talked to them for a long time. Then I talked to George Halkovich about Jalen Green. So I know exactly what happened with Jalen Green. Same thing that happened with Justin Edwards. They was not going in hard on that at all. And it was crazy because it was, Jay Wright was the one recruiting them. So he came late. They worked so hard to get this class. They didn't They didn't work hard to go at Justin Edwards. And I think they actually could have persuaded Justin Edwards if Wright was there. They It was high when Wright was there. It was up. It was up when Wright was there. It was up. They could have definitely got that one, even away from Kentucky. But it, just bringing Neptune in there, and it, it just didn't work out. Now, okay. Looking at this, looking at, um, that's a that's a heck of a duo, man. It's a heck of a duo. It's a heck of a duo. Yes, I talk with, um, People along the side of um, Deshaun Harris-Smith. Yes. I won't tell you who. I just let you, I'm not doing that, man. I'm not doing that. Because when I talked to him, this was confidential, you know, and people talk to me when they even on breaks or vacations. I mean, I give them so much love. So I'm not going to tell who I talk to. But... You know, I talk to I I, t- I, t- I talk to coaches. I only tell you about who I talk to a year after stuff happens. I talk to coaches on the Harris Smith side, Villanova coaches. I'm not gonna tell you who, but 
Listen, man. Harris Smith is a Villanova favorite. The big thing is, how about this? People would be very surprised if just Harris Smith, but I wouldn't. They would be real surprised if 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 Merlin would to pull this out. I'm not even gonna tell you if it was coaches or if it was parents who said that or people. I just know certain sources would be very surprised if this happened. But, but also to let you know, Villanova always is recruiting. When Villanova recruits their backup plans, they don't recruit their backup plans as soon as a decommitment happens. They've been doing this for a minute. I mean, Isaiah Wong was a big backup plan. There's always backup plans. There's some y'all don't even know about. You know, coaches don't always, you don't even know about some people. Jay Wright was recruiting Colin Gillespie. He just didn't recruit Colin Gillespie as soon as Lonnie Walker went. He had been looking at Colin Gillespie for a long time. Okay, so that 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 duo was crazy, man. It's just letting you, like, that duo was going to be nuts to go with. It's crazy when you got Slater and Daniels and Dixon to go with Cam Whitmore. Now, the only thing is, who's the fifth guy? But they, then like, the only thing will make you second-guess the fifth guy, even though Art, Chris Archidiacono was a heck of a basketball player, he's not as talented as other guys, as Brizzy, as Armstrong. I think when you got two-point guards, it'd be crazy, realistically, realistically, to let Daniels play point when he's already been groomed to be that killer. You got to have Armstrong or Brizzy starting. Even if, if, if Brizzy start over Armstrong, I won't be disappointed because I know Brizzy's talented. But it just be like, man, Armstrong is, listen, shout out to the Brizzy family. Sorry if, if people disagree with me. Of course they're going to disagree with me. But Brizzy's a very big, good talent. But, man, Armstrong looks like he's ready now. And if you had me judge, I would definitely judge that Armstrong is just ready. And then if you bring Brizzy off the bench, ooh, that's nasty. The athletic Great ball handler that can pass that rock and can shoot from the outside. That's a nasty. They they've never had it that talented back to back. Just think about it. I'm I'm trying to think. That's just think. A point guard, two point guards, point guards, back to back. One backing up another dynamic guy backing up a a a, a heck of a dynamic player. When we get back, y'all. We're going to talk more about, you know, the NBA. We're going to get to the draft, y'all. All right? All right, we'll be back here. This is Cardi B, uh, new stuff, hot-ish. We out. We're we going to be back, man. We're going to talk some real good stuff, man, on this draft. When we come back on, follow the leader. Listen, man, the draft from 2023 is going to be a nice one. And it's going to be some good loaded ones because of 
listen, when you got these early, one thing about these guys coming out early and able to get these pro deals or NBL or NBA G League is that you get to have a lot of a lot of talent. It's hard to even, it's real hard to judge drafts. They judging them from the top first. And then it lets you know what's available from one through thirty. That's what that's. If you want to know how people judge these drafts, one through thirty, you look at the talent one through thirty. Okay, one through thirty looks crazy. It's like oh, you know the second round's good. Then the undrafted market is even more good. But it's kind of hard to judge them the way they judge them because it's like okay, people are not even judging people right not putting people in the first round right. They're not putting people in the second round. They're not putting people in the lotteries. I'm just saying, man, look at Jalen Brunson. Look at Josh Hart. These guys, look where they were drafted. So many guys. Jalen LeCue. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at guys, man. It's a lot of Miles Powell should have been drafted in the first round. It is what it is, man. It's a lot of guys that just weren't not, and they're like, oh, no, Greg Brown. Should have. It's a lot of guys that, you know, People can say what they want, but these are, who are the guys that are drafted ahead of them? <laughs> Crazy, man. Crazy. Crazy. So let's talk about this. Victor Wimbayama is definitely one of those guys who's at seven. You know what makes him? Because he's 7'3". He's going to get some size. He's going to grow. You know, um, who do you compare him to? If I had to really compare a guy, uh, Porzingis is good. It's a good pick, but to me, it's Anthony Davis all day. I, I, a taller Anthony Davis. This guy is Anthony Davis. That's what he is. <laughs> He's Anthony Davis all over again, the foreign guy. You look at Scoot, you look at um they they can they have Nick, but to me, if I'm looking at you look at um you know, and here in NBA draft from my guy Mike has uh, Anthony Black number four and Whitmore very great at number five. Um he gives him a DeMar Rosen. Wow. <laughs> DeMar Rosen plus, that's what he says. My guy, he to me, he's definitely number five. Anthony Black is not. Derek Whitehead, number six, I would put Derek Whitehead higher. Gregory Jackson, higher. Those are the guys you put in a Gregory Jackson, Cam Whitmore. If we're looking at Scoot, we're looking at Vic, who's number one? Ah, ooh, e. It's a lot of stuff you can do. Scoot. It's so hard for this number one. I'm sorry. I'm not giving you. If I give a number one right now, I'm going to give it to Scoot. That's my guy. Because he's so young and he's so ready. Who would be your second guy? It would be Victor. Victor is just so. He's he's just a unique. Yo, he's just a good player. We'll see what happens. But Scoot and then Victor. And then it's Cam. Who would I say number four would be? Yeah, it would be Nick. Nick looks great. Nick looks like a guy that's ready to get down. And then Derek Whitehead. That's my fifth guy. And then it's Gregory, it's Gregory Jackson, man. Gregory Jackson is that guy. Um, Anthony Black is such a... At his height, how could you not like this guy where he is? And Arkansas getting that commitment is crazy. Um, man, he's such a good defender. He, he's really a good player, man. But it's real hard right now to put Black is in a is in is in he's in a Anthony Black is in a pool of so many guys that I can't Keontae George is one. Dylan Mitchell is one. Jarris Walker is one. It's good talent on the floor, man. It's great talent on the floor. I saw Thompson is definitely impressing me, man. Both of them. I can't take them. Listen, 
I can't take one out and the other one out. Like, both of them are the same type of players. I mean, I is a little bit better. Payman's right there. He's right there. They're, they're back-to-back. And so they're in their whole, whole process of players. Um, Kassan Wallace is another guy that's in that same, same build. Kassan Wallace is another one. Then you're looking at guys like Sky Clark. They are not even in there. Sky Clark and Dior Johnson and Chris Livingston. I tell you, after that five, man, it is after that kind of like that five, it's like a pool of talent. I have to see more out of these guys. This is a this is a broadcast that kind of before I really start rating guys and saying who's better than who. Arthur Kaluma is a good player out of Creighton. I have to definitely give him that. Marcus Sasser is not getting love at all. Where is Marcus Sasser? Where is he at? Where is Marcus Sasser, man? Unbelievable disrespect. Amari Miller is like, Amari Bailey, excuse me. This is like, like forget about him, but this is how, this is how talented this draft is, man. Um, so a lot of guys, uh, Jalen Worley is a guy nobody's talking about. Matthew Cleveland is a big-time guy here. Kyle Filipowski is, whew. Kaleb Love is another guy you have. There are some good players in this that are not talked about. Harrison Ingram is going to be one of those guys you look for. But also, in this draft, so it, we got to come back. It's going to be a lot of guys that are not on these lists that are going to be looked at. Brandon, Julian Strother and Brandon Slater and Caleb Daniels are guys that you got to look at. Hunter Salas is another. Abando Bacot. These are guys nobody's talking about that – we talking about first round draft picks. Sizoko, um, Oscar Tishibu, like how is he not there? How is he not one of those guys? Phillips is another guy. Mark, listen, there are some guys in this draft. Jaden, Javon Quinley, Jaden Bradley, Imani Bates. I'm just naming people. This is a broadcast talking about guys. Wow. Watch out for. Watch out for. How the heck? Sunoco is another guy that's good, but I, he's second round guy. Um, so many good players, man. I haven't had my um, one-on-ones with guys. This has been I've been doing a lot of work, man. So that'll, that'll come. Nolan Hickman's a guy to watch out for. R.J. Davis, another guy to watch out for. What happens with Keon Brooks? Hunter Dixon. Dickinson, like, listen. I'm just looking at, just watch out for some guys that are not being put on a radar. Excuse me, the radar. It's gonna be a good draft. Such a good draft. Oh, such a good draft. Um, but guys in the first round, like I say, Hunter Salas, Jalen Worley, Armando Bacot, Julian Strava, Marcus Sasser, and you definitely gotta look at guys like Mark Mitchell. Oscar Tishibui, he's another like how's he not there? Jaden Bradley, like Javon Quinterly, definitely a strong guy to be in the first 30. Like, it's crazy. But the guys I have a problem with right now um, that people don't give enough credit to is Javon Quinterly, Marcus Sasser, those two, Armando Bacot. How do you don't get those three guys, depending on what they've done, to be five stars, to be, to be elite players? Keontae George can definitely be one of the top five people in this draft. No question. It's a lot of um, players.
players, like I said, you want to talk about these guys, Keontae George is a guy that could be in number one talk. I saw Thompson. The Thompson boys are moving up so much, you could see them in top five talk. Dylan Mitchell, top five talk. Crazy right now? Top five talk. Both the twins can be, listen, unbelievable upside. Kel Ware is a guy you got to definitely look at in the, in the first round, top 20 pick. Derek Lively, top 20 pick. This is why when you talk about number one guys, why I wouldn't put Lively. Lively is definitely not top five conversation. He won't be. He won't be. But he was definitely oh, number one in the country. I'm like, oh, my God. Sorry, look, Lively is a PA. Listen, guy. Please, parents, when I talk about these prospects, do not clown. I'm not talking bad on them. I'm just doing my real analyst work. This is what they got to get. If, 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 please don't pump me. Oh, my son. I, I, Chet family. Chet the Hongrum family. I know they was looking at stuff like, oh, my God, look what he's saying. But this is the real deal. I'm going to give my real judgment whether I love you or not. Just like you give your judgment on my critique. Oh, well, I love him, but hey, I think he's talking crap. But I don't think I'm just clowning your son personally. Please. Chris Langston, Chris Livingston is a, a, a he's a top 10 guy. He's not a top 20 guy. He's a top 10 guy. Amari Bailey. I'm, I'm looking at it because I see on my guy Mike Draft from says Avery Bradley plus. I understand what he's saying. But a Amari Amari Bailey at six five. We can play both garbage is at elite level. Who would I can if really comparing him to he reminds me more of Catino Mobley. I, I can't I gotta be with with Catino Mobley plus, you, you dig what I'm saying? Catino Mobley plus. You can even give him a little bit of a Richard Hamilton comparison. Rip. He's gonna be a very very go get it player. But Sky Clark and Dior Johnson not being in this ranking is unbelievable to me. Sky Clark will be a top ten talent. Dior Johnson. Dior is a lottery talent. If you look at the guys that are lottery talents in this draft that you're judging, you got the Thompson twins. You don't put Dior Johnson around them? Okay. Kel Kel where? How about that? Because the Thompson twins are so athletic. But look at Dior Johnson. We're gonna talk about that the next the next segment of the Dylan Mitchell six seven can do it can shoot unbelievably explosive can score Jordan Walsh how is he over Dior Johnson how is Dylan Mitchell over Dior Johnson the Thompson boys can can go up there to the top ten ranking and so can Dior Johnson it's crazy. It's a lot of guys that that would t- Anthony Black. He's six seven. I'm sorry. No, you're not putting Anthony Black over Dior Johnson. That's crazy. Nick Smith and Dior Johnson are so close in what they do. They're so close. Scoot Henderson. Dior Johnson, they're so close. I mean, they're so close. They're so close. Dior Johnson is just as close to the top 10 ranking as anybody. Or, or he could be a guy that could battle for top five. Now, if you want to put him out a little bit out the top 15, I, I, I hear you. But looking at the explosive of Keontae George, looking at with Derek Whitehead, the, the, the explosiveness, looking at the all-around ability of Jairus Walker, how can you not put Dior Johnson around there? How's Dylan Mitchell and Jordan Washington there and Dior Johnson's not? How's Kel Kel Ware? We're talking about K 
Kelkel wears and all these talks, but Dior Johnson is not there. No, he's better, a better prospect than these guys. Dior Johnson, Jordan Walsh, and 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 Kaluma are not, and Jarius Walker are guys. What? You should definitely have Dior Johnson in that talk if you got those guys. And you don't see Jarius Walker is definitely a prospect, but how come right behind him is not a couple of picks back if you want to put Jarius Walker up because of size? A couple of picks back, you got to say Dior Johnson. I'm just trying to talk about guys that are ahead of the Bye-bye Miller. Kassan Wallace, listen, he's an unbelievable prospect. But how is he right above him or right below him? You don't see Dior Johnson. These are these are guys. If you put these guys in these rankings, you right, and you're rating them above. Unbelievable! I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Sky Clark is a different different monster because of how he can dribble the ball and score. He's the best ball handler in this draft. The best ball handler in this class. 23 NBA class, he's the best ball handler in this class. And he can score. I just don't get it. What are you doing? I don't get it. Listen, we will talk about the next segment when we talk about guys. I still think if... if before we leave, we got to have some type of, um, what do you want me to do? Number one guy in this class. It's no question to Scoot. Scoot has been in the NBA. He's been in the pros. Why? He's been in the pro level, and he's shown it. Victor is number two, all right? And it's Cam Whitmore. Cam Whitmore has proved everything you can do. Don't, I don't want to hear nobody say, oh, he's from Villanova. What? Before he even committed. Before he committed, before he even committed, man, he was here. He look what listen, look at what he's done in the McDonald's game. Derek Derek Whitehead got the MVP. Shout out to Derek Whitehead, Tim Team Durant. He was not better than Cam Whitmore. No. Derek Whitehead to me was the top high school player in the nation. But after the McDonald's game. He still was the number one player in the nation. But after the Team USA, there's nothing you could say. He was the best high school basketball player in the country. Number one. So he's number three. Number four, Nick Smith. Number five, Derek Whitehead. They're my top five guys. The hype of... Overtime Elite now is there. I, I got to say that Derek Whitehead, um, I got to say that when we rank, we're going to rank it one more time. Let's do this again before we roll out of here, all right? We'll come back for the top 10, but the top five is Scoot Henderson. Victor Wimby, Victor, if I say it right, Victor William Bayama. All right? Number two. Number three is Ken Whitmore. Number four is Nick Smith. Number five, Derek Whitehead. When we come back on the next segment, we can talk about who else. But those are my top five guys, man. We'll talk about other guys. The Thompson guys are next, and so many got the Thompson twins are right there in the top ten. You know, do I say black? Huh? Black is definitely in that conversation. Keontae George, if I would have to say, if I had to give y'all my number six guy, it's George. And then it's so but there's an argument there. My number six guy would be George, all right? But it's not a he's not there for sure. So that's why I'll be going number five, they're there. But Keontae George is my goddess in there, all right? All right, so I'm out of here, y'all. We we going to do... So as I go out of here, y'all, good to talk about the draft, some Villanova work. Get that in. That's what I want to do. We got a lot more to talk about um, next. Uh, 
the James Harden, the Durant. Oh, unbelievable. What do we talk about? The Arizona recruiting class. We'll get more in that. Miaro Neal, how great is she? Was Zari James, is she next, man? Will she be in the next line? I saw one time in one clip when she was with LeBron, she grabbed the ball. Like, why am I making this such a thing about Zari? Why, why, why? Because when you see those, those when they're grabbing the ball like that, that you might not make a big idea out of that, but whoa. Dribbling the ball, wanting to be there. She's seen her brothers into this. I'm saying that because Miara O'Neal, out of nowhere, Mia O'Neal was first. And Mia O'Neal was, was talented, no question, man. Oh, my gosh, man. I really want to see Mia O'Neal become that player, man. I'm so, like, hype about her talent. But even more about Mia, the young, the baby, out of everybody, she becomes the one. Sharif was so talented. He's like a super saiyan. He used to call him a super saiyan. Man was so, oh, man. We'll see, all right? Out of here, follow the leader. Sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah.